0: good evening crypt keepers and welcome to another episode of cryptique i'm
1: joined as always by my co-pilot on this journey through the cosmos ryan how you doing I'm good, man. I must be less tired than you, though, because, well, maybe this isn't a joking
0: It's not a jokey episode. episode, yeah. I mean, there there's some stuff that, you know, will be funny because it's just so outrageous. But, it, yeah, we're just gonna, you know, try and keep it respectful. So, yeah, you're just my co-pilot, and I don't have any uh, jokes for you today. But...
1: Okay. Well, can I tell you something? You can. Are you very familiar with wrestling?
0: Uh, I'm familiar with like '80s wrestling when I was a kid.
1: All right, then this might be perfect. Are you familiar with a wrestler called King Kong Bundy? Oh yeah, of course. I was walking into the fabulous Fox Theater last night to see Kansas. Okay. <laughs> an anniversary tour. <laughs> and. A security guard puts his hand on my shoulder, and I thought, like, did I not take something metal off or whatever? Mm-hmm. And he just goes, "King Kong Bundy." I was like, "King Kong Bundy?" And he goes, "Yeah, King Kong Bundy." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> right. And he goes, "He was wrestler. You're the spitting image of him." And I was like. I have no idea who you're talking about. It's like I have had oh. a guy once in a bar tell me that I looked like a wrestler. He's like, maybe this is it. He's like, that's it. You should look him up. And so I did on my phone. A couple minutes later, and King Kong Bundy looks like an egg wearing a leotard. <laughs> but I it is not see, a compliment. <laughs> I can see in the face and the head a little bit, especially since my head is shaved right now. Okay. Uh huh. I just have a little stubble. <laughs> Like okay, I found one picture. Where it's like yeah, we both do look <laughs> like. But no, that was not a couple. But I figured you'd get that reference. And find that kind of funny. I mean, it could be worse. Oh. I think. Maybe. All right.
0: Well, let's uh, let's jump into this. You want to tell them what they need to know so we can get going?
1: Yeah, and I'll try to be brief, unlike how I usually do it. Sure. Please, if you like us. Share us with somebody you know who you think would like this too. If you have something you want to say, uh, you can leave us a review. You can contact us by email at crypticpodcastgmail.com. At you can find us on TikTok at crypticpodcast, YouTube at podcast You can leave comments on both of those. And if you want to help us out, you can help out our friends over at Parabox with the link in the show notes, and you can check out what we're selling at crypticpodcaststore.com. All right, so
0: before we get into tonight's show, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about suicide real quick. So in this episode, we are not laughing at any of these victims, whether they be, you know, victims of suicide, victims of murder, victims of foul play or anything like that. We're not laughing at any of the victims. Some of the stuff that we're going to discuss, especially with the autopsies is just so outrageous, it's hard not to laugh at it. But suicide is no joke, and most of us have had our lives touched by it in one way or another. I, I think all of us probably know someone that uh, at least has you know, experienced suicidal ideologies. And there's not always signs that someone needs help if you're suspicious at all there's lots of resources available and in the united states it's as simple as calling or texting 988 at any time for help and advice and if you think someone might need help then you know go ahead and act on it because if you have that feeling it's probably there for a reason And if someone you love has been affected, it's helpful to talk to a counselor or therapist. Just as a quick disclaimer, we will be pointing out a plethora of suspicious suicides, plane crashes, and straight up murder that some have linked to. Billary clinton we're not saying every single person on this list was sought out and murdered but we're not saying they weren't smoke there's usually fire now let's dig in you want
1: to get us started sure yeah let's start with associates alleged to have died under mysterious circumstances one, James McDougall. Clinton's convicted Whitewater partner died of an apparent heart attack while in solitary confinement. He was a key witness in Ken Starr's investigation. So,
0: do you believe in heart attack shots? Like the little, just a syringe, they can boom, hit you and you get a heart attack?
1: Yeah, that sounds like Cold War era stuff. I'm pretty sure I've seen, like, some of these documentaries from that time period talking about things that can cause it.
0: Little cocktail.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen something that referred to a device they called a heart attack gun Mm -hmm. because it would inject you with something that would cause that.
0: So this is something that would be very hard for average Joe to latch onto and say, oh, maybe there is a heart attack gun. I think that's hard for people to believe. But I I mean, how could there not be? Seems like you could probably do something like that at home. All right, number two, Mary Mahoney, a former White House intern, was murdered in July 1997 at a Starbucks coffee shop in Georgetown. The murder happened just after she was to go public with her story of sexual harassment in the White House. So, I mean, just a random murder on the street. It just so happens that, you know, it was right as she was ready to release a bunch of information. So, Mm -hmm. all right, who's
1: next? Vince Foster, number three on our list. On July 10th of 1993, Vince Foster committed suicide by a gunshot wound to the head, and it was ruled a suicide. Foster was the Deputy White House Counsel at Law. His body was discovered at Fort Marcy Park, although no bullet was ever located. An initial witness stated there was no gun at the scene, though one was later found prominently displayed on the body. Foster was an associate of long standing with the Clintons who was concerned with Clinton campaign finances and colleague of Hillary Clinton at Little Rock's Rose Law Firm.
0: So, you know, we talk about, well, I talk a lot about uh, forensics in exploring evil. And there's not a slug that's found every time. It's not. You know, people think that you either definitely find the slug or or like in the, you know, body or the projectile exits and you find it, you know, in, you know, sheetrock or something like that. It's not always found, but when it is found, they can use that slug depending on how damaged it is and compare it with a slug fired, you know, from a gun to see if the same gun was used in, you know, with both projectiles. And I kind of think that's junk science personally, because I've seen the, you know, grooves and lands and striations and stuff, and it just doesn't always look like it matches up. And sometimes on TV, they're like, look, a perfect match. And I'm like, hey, it looks nothing like each other. But that's something that would cause people to try and get rid of the slug. So we're getting into some big people here, right? This isn't Uh, These aren't all like Joe, the guy that uh, distributes the, you know, cocaine for us. You know what I mean? They're not all replaceable. Number four, Ron Brown, Secretary of Commerce and former DNC chairman reported to have died by impact in a plane crash. A pathologist close to the investigation reported that there was a hole in the top of Brown's skull resembling a gunshot wound. At the time of his death, Brown was being investigated and spoke publicly of his willingness to cut a deal with prosecutors. The rest of the people on the plane, of course, also died. And so we've got a possible gunshot to the head and a plane crash, right? Well, a few days later, the air traffic controller that was in contact during this plane crash committed suicide. That's bizarre. We'll see a lot of plane crashes. That's number one. Who's got the coolest name on the list?
1: Uh, C. Victor Razor Second. <laughs> yes. Razor, a major player in the Clinton fundraising organization, died in a private plane crash in July of 1992. So that's... You can do that.
0: That's two, two mysterious plane crashes. Ah ah ah. <laughs> Paul Tully, Democratic National Committee political director, found dead in a hotel room in Little Rock, September ninety two, and was described by Clinton as a dear friend and trusted advisor. Who's next?
1: Next is Ed Willie. Clinton fundraiser, found dead November 1993, deep in the woods of Virginia, with a gunshot wound to the head, ruled as a suicide. Ed Willie died on the same day his wife, Kathleen, claimed Bill Clinton groped her in the Oval Office in the White House. Ed Willie was also involved in several Clinton fundraising events. I've got a buddy who got into a certain retail business because i don't want anybody to be able to figure out who it is in case this is real stuff but Mm -hmm. basically there's like price fixing going on in this industry Mm -hmm. and he was kind of warned by other people in the industry like this is what we charge for this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like you know it'd be best for you like not to mess around and he was like so uh just in case i'm ever found you know if I ever commit suicide by shooting myself in the back of the head and stuffing myself in a suitcase, right? This is probably what happened. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's, but you know, I I mean, people are allowed to stay in power. (sighs) Jerry parks, head of Clinton's gubernatorial security team in little rock gunned down in his car at a deserted intersection outside little rock. Park's son said his father was building a dossier on Clinton he allegedly threatened to reveal this information. After he died, the files were mysteriously removed from his house. So we're not talking, you know, people when they talk about Clinton body count often just say, oh, suicide this, suicide that. There's a lot of vicious, violent horrific murders that are on this list too and i just don't think that the average person not everybody on here's the average person but i just don't think that there's just this many violent murders that just happen on a daily basis to all these people it's
1: and the odds of them having this connection yeah is it's unusual all right so we are on to number nine on our list james bunch who also died from a gunshot suicide. It was reported that he had a black book of people which contained names of influential people who visited prostitutes in Texas and Arkansas, like Judy Gibbs. And we will talk more about Judy Gibbs after a quick break. Back Keepers.
0: All right, number 10 on this list, and this is not a complete list uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but we got as many people on here as we could. Uh, so Judy Gibbs was a former penthouse pet, and uh, she worked at an Arkansas bordello that blackmailed its clients with photos. So ladies, as we're you know, embarking on our careers out there. Just remember that this person that was, oh, you know, featured in a magazine and blah, 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 ended up being a prostitute at an Arkansas whorehouse. So, you know, make wise decisions. But that doesn't, you know, mean she deserved to die. And according to her family, Bill Clinton was her regular customer. And there were photos of them together. Her house was mysteriously burned down with her inside. In a sworn statement, Clinton bodyguard Barry Spivey said he had been with Clinton when the governor's plane flew over her house and Clinton pointed out the house to him. And it's it's almost like you have to kind of give some props to this, you know, political machine that's just finding all these different ways to eliminate enemies All right. tell us about number 11
1: number 11 is james wilson who was found dead in may of 1993 from an apparent hanging suicide he was reported to have had ties with whitewater
0: number 12 kathy ferguson ex-wife of arkansas trooper danny ferguson she was found dead in may 1994 in her living room with a gunshot to her head It was ruled a suicide, even though there were several packed suitcases, as if she was getting ready to hit the road. Danny Ferguson was a co-defendant along with Bill Clinton in the Paula Jones lawsuit. Kathy Ferguson was a possible corroborating witness for Paula Jones. Who's next?
1: Uh, On June 12, nineteen ninety-four, Bill Shelton committed suicide. He was the fiancé of Kathy Ferguson, who also killed herself one month earlier, and who was connected to the Paula Jones sexual harassment lawsuit. Against then-President Clinton. Shelton was a Sherwood, Arkansas, police officer who had been vocal in his allegations. His wife-to-be had not committed suicide and had, in fact, been murdered. Shelton was found sprawled across Ferguson's gravesite with an allegedly self-inflicted gunshot to the back of the head. So this is where that joke comes from, because I've heard other podcasts mention that before. Mm -hmm. Killing yourself by shooting yourself in the back of the head. Very common, right?
0: Well, it's more common than you would think, according to the CDC. Hmm. Um, I I don't have the exact numbers, but you would think that it's maybe like half a percent, one percent, and it's more like seven or eight percent, which is seems just super high. But, you know, we we have to be. Balanced, you know, if if that's the fact, then that's the fact, right? Yeah. Uh Gandhi Baugh, which is a great name too. On January 8th, 94, Gandhi Ball committed suicide. Later, attorney for Dan Lasseter, who was a previous client of Hillary Clinton as well as a contributor to the Bill Clinton campaign, and according to Arkansas sources, was described as his quote, partying companion. Lasseter was a distributor of legal drugs and also involved. He was represented by Baugh in a case of alleged financial misconduct. Baugh unexpectedly threw himself out of a several-story building. How many jumping suicides per year? According to the CDC suicide chart, less than 8% of suicides are from things other than firearm, suffocation, and poisoning, which I think poisoning would also include overdosing but so less than eight percent come from you know other things which would include uh, crashing your plane or jumping off a building so there's that who's next
1: florence martin accountant and subcontractor for the cia was related to the barry Seal, mina arkansas airport drug smuggling case he died of three gunshot wounds What did he have, Ryan? He had the pin to the bank account of, who the fuck is SEAL? SEAL, one of the people we talked
0: about. Barry SEAL is going to come up later. Barry SEAL uh, was like just this maverick drug runner for the Clintons and Bushes.
1: Florence Martin also had the pin to the bank account with $1.46 million set up for SEAL. Yeah, Barry the SEAL.
0: Number 16, this is a really sad one, because this, if this had been handled right on February 15th, 1977, most of the people on this list may still be alive. So, Suzanne Coleman committed, quote, suicide. She's alleged to have had a sexual affair with Bill Clinton during the time he was Arkansas State Attorney General. Meaning, if this case was, you know, investigated appropriately, he would never have been governor and never been president. So, Coleman was seven and a half months pregnant at the time of her death when she shot herself, where? In the back of the head. No autopsy was performed and there was consequently no scientific proof that the baby she carried belonged to Bill Clinton. Not many autopsies on this list, and the ones that are on here are questionable, we'll say. Uh, So, I said, well, when should an autopsy be performed? When is it appropriate, right? So, this is when it's appropriate. When the death is suspicious or unexpected. So, this is both. When there is a public health risk, meaning disease, which is unrelated to this. This would be if you found somebody that had, you know, weird sores or, you know, something like that. When no doctor knows the deceased well enough to state a cause of death and sign the certificate. And the last one, when a doctor or family requests one so that met every criteria except the public health risk and they did no autopsy and it was never proven or disproven that it was bill's baby so that's a really sad one to me uh who's next on the list
1: paula grober (laughs) Clinton's speech interpreter for the deaf from 1978 until her death in December of 1992. She died in a one car accident.
0: Now this is one that to me kind of stands out as I don't know that, you know, an interpreter would like have access to any damning information. You know what I mean? And and it's a one car accident, but It's tied. It's tied to them, you know, just by being involved with her. And this is one that if I had to chalk up, I would probably say this is one of the least likely to be a, you know, foul play. Number 19, Danny Casalero. On August tenth, 1991, Danny Casalero committed suicide. He was an investigative journalist who'd been working to uncover the leads of several then-rumored Clinton scandals, including activities at the Mena Airport in Arkansas and Arkansas Development Finance Authority. Casalero was found dead in his hotel bathroom with both wrists cut open, though he had repeatedly informed his family and friends if he met such a fate. It would not be suicide. I guess this we may as well just talk real quick about the Mina airport. Mina Airport in Arkansas, uh, under Bill Clinton's governorship, basically just ran drugs in the uh, this guy, Barry Seal, we've been talking about, has been in charge of a lot of it. They'd go to Columbia drop off a bunch of guns, pick up a bunch of cocaine, fly it back to the MENA airport in Arkansas. They would fly low and do drops. And so when we mentioned MENA airport, we're basically talking about a drug smuggling operation that many believe Bill Clinton oversaw. And at the very least, you know, kind of helped keep hidden and probably made money off of it. And we know that the Bushes and Clintons, and you know this was going on under Reagan as president. So that's what we're referring to when we talk about Mina Airport. All right, you want to tell us the next one?
1: Yes, Paul Wilcher, an attorney investigating corruption at Mina Airport with Casalero, and the 1980 October Surprise was found dead on a toilet on June 22, 1993 in his Washington, D.C. apartment. He wrote a 105-page letter to then Attorney General Janet Reno describing knowledge of the MENA, Arkansas gun running and drug dealing activity.
0: Number 21, John Parnell Walker. On August 15, 1993, John Walker committed suicide. He was an investigator for Resolution Trust Corporation into the Whitewater Affair and specifically, the Morgan Guarantee scandal. Walker apparently jumped to his death from his apartment balcony. That's two jumping deaths. Who's next?
1: Barbara Wise, Commerce Department staffer. She worked closely with Ron Brown and John Huang. Cause of death unknown, died November 29th of 1996. Her bruised and naked body was found locked in her office at the Department of Commerce.
0: Sounds like there should have been an autopsy.
1: Sounds like it.
0: Number 23, Charles Meisner, Assistant Secretary of Commerce who gave John Huang special security clearance, died shortly thereafter in another small plane crash. And, okay, so how difficult would it be to cause a plane crash? I I don't know. Um, I don't know anybody that has a plane, but it seems like a lot of plane deaths. So... Who, who's next on our list? Uh,
1: Doctor Stanley Hurd, chairman of the National Chiropractic Healthcare Advisory Committee, died with his attorney Steve Dixon in a small plane crash. That makes three. Doctor Hurd, in addition to serving on Clinton's advisory council, personally treated Clinton's mother, stepfather, and brother. And we will talk about outlaw Barry Seal after a quick break. Back for peepers.
0: Number 25, Barry Seal. Drug running TWA pilot out of the Mena, Arkansas airport. Uh, Death was no accident. So, this is not, I mean, this is pretty clear with the connection with the Mena airport. Barry Seal was an outlaw that flew. Drugs from Columbia up to Arkansas and guns from Arkansas to Columbia. And yeah, I mean, this guy was, you know, definitely responsible for people dying. Uh, He's also kind of just this guy that was, I I believe his quote was like, you know, for some people uh, here, uh, he was from Shreveport. And it's like some people here in Shreveport their idea of a good weekend is uh, going to the LSU Tigers game on Saturday night, going to church in the morning and having dinner with their family on Sunday afternoon. But for me, putting my life in danger, doing things that I know could end my life is what gives me purpose and meaning. So he's not really claiming to be a good guy. He's just like, yep, I'm kind of a badass. Watch out. And yeah, then obviously he became a uh, liability when we were kind of digging into this whole MENA airport operation. But yeah, who's next?
1: Next is Johnny Lawhorn Jr. Just a great name, Lawhorn. <laughs> he was a mechanic who found a check made out to Bill Clinton in the trunk of a car, left at his repair shop. He was found dead after his car hit a utility pole.
0: Coincidence? There's a lot of one-car accidents in this uh, report, too. But at least one will illustrate how it could have been uh, more nefarious. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you just found a a check with Bill Clinton's name on it. They're like, nope, you die. Uh, On June 24th, 1994, Stanley Huggins, who also has a great name, may have committed suicide. Huggins was a principal lawyer in the firm of Huggins & Associates located in Memphis. He was investigating the Morgan Guarantee scandal in relation to the Whitewater affair. Despite numerous requests from his wife, no hospital records were evidently released, having been sealed. By order of Clinton Attorney General Janet Reno. During the same weekend as his death, Huggins' office was burglarized and his files, with a 300-page report, were stolen. So, I don't know. Are there a lot of burglary suicides? You know, we hear the term like, you know, murder, suicide or family annihilator or something like that. Are there a lot of people that are like, oh, I was robbed. Now I'm going to commit suicide. It doesn't seem that way.
1: Uh, Yeah, it doesn't seem that way. All right. Next at number 28 is Herschel Friday, attorney and Clinton fundraiser who died on March 1st, 1994, when his plane exploded, making four planes. And I'm definitely changing my mind about my stance on like small personal prop planes because mm-hmm. I kind of wanted one, especially yeah. with car prices the right way they are right now. Like you can, you used to be able to buy a used prop plane for like fifty grand, mm-hmm. and now like a Ford Focus would be fifty grand because of the way the economy's gone.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But I think uh, I think I might stay away. We talk about some controversial stuff on here. Maybe it's not the best idea.
0: And this plane exploded. So, out of the first 28 people that have been linked to the Clintons, we'll say that. That's fair. Four planes. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. All right. Let's jump ahead to 29 and 30. Kevin Ives and Don Henry, known as the Boys on the Track case. And this is something we'll cover in our after party. Uh, this is super sad, super interesting. I mean, just everything mixed into one. Reports say that the boys may have stumbled upon the Mina, Arkansas airport drug operation. A controversial case, the initial report of death said due to falling asleep on railroad tracks. Later, reports claim the two boys have been slain before being placed on the tracks, and many linked to the case died before their testimony could come before a grand jury. There's a lot of people that died in this case. A lot. And it's in-depth and detailed, and we'll get to it in the after-party, or the after-hours, I guess. But uh, tell us about some of the people that were involved in the Ives and Henry Boys on the Tracks case.
1: Keith Coney, who died when his motorcycle slammed into the back of a truck in July of 1988. Witnesses described seeing him fling a beat. Beat down. Yeah. Beat down. That's an odd way of putting it. Well, no, I put it that way.
0: To... That's why. <laughs>
1: Do you want to read this?
0: Sure. All right. So, witnesses, they saw him being beat up, right? And then they saw him get on his motorcycle and speed away. Then, other witnesses that were on the road said that he was being chased by another vehicle. And after this terrible motorcycle crash, they found out that he had a slashed throat. No, no autopsy was performed. (laughs) Uh, Keith McCaskill, he was stabbed 113 times and he knew too much about this boys on the tracks case and was probably there when they were placed on the tracks. Uh, Basically what, what happened is these kids uh, were They were put on railroad tracks, and they were hit by a train, and there's just so much stuff that is bizarre about this case, but uh, this guy was there, he knew about it, and ended up having his home invaded by five men in clown masks and fatigues that stabbed him 113 times in 1988. That is suspicious, right? Who else in this case? Number 33.
1: Gregory Collins, who died from a gunshot wound in January of 1989. So number 34, Jeff Rhodes. He was shot, mutilated, and found burned in a trash dump in April of
0: 1989. Suicide. Totally. I just have to tell you guys this. This is, this is true. These are facts. James Milan, found decapitated, however... The coroner, Fami Malik, ruled his death was due to natural causes. And he ruled that Milan died of an ulcer, which can happen, right? I mean, you can have a bleeding ulcer and die from that. Uh, The only complication with this theory is that his head was gone. He died of an ulcer and his head was gone. Malik, the medical examiner, said that Milan's dog must have eaten his head. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had dogs my whole life, and I don't ever worry that if I die, they would clean cut my neck and swallow my head whole. Right? That's I mean, think about like a a Kangle, right? That's like a two hundred and thirty pound dog. This dog cannot swallow a head whole. A lion could not swallow your entire skull without it being crushed up, right? Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: bizarre enough. But when his head was found, medical examiner Fami Malik. Said his dog must have regurgitated his owner's full head, and it stood that was the cause of death ulcer mm-hmm. dog ate head, dog regurgitate head so there's that I mean i I don't know what to say, you know yeah, I mean this,
1: it, it's hard to make fun of or whatever because it's so bizarre,
0: yeah all right, who's next?
1: Uh, Richard Winters, a suspect in the Ives and Henry deaths, he was killed in a set up robbery in July of 1989.
0: And there's a lot of these robberies that we'll see, and they don't take anything, you know, <laughs> or if they do, it's like a dossier or something. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: I mean, sometimes I don't know, man, but sometimes people break in for nothing. Right? Like, I think I told you my car got broken into and nothing was taken. Yeah. But it's because I have an expensive looking car. People don't right. know that I'm just stupid and sentimental and I keep a, you know, 13 year old, what would have been a luxury car because I'm like emotionally attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they didn't take anything. But uh, at the same time, I also feel like people don't kill for nothing. It's rare. Yeah, it seems like. If you're not sure of what you're going to get, like, I'm sure the police said it was like kids who broke into my car. Mm. I'm sure that if there was a person in the car, they wouldn't have done it. They wouldn't right. kill me to break into the car and they'd be like, oh, darn, nothing in it.
0: Right. Take the catalytic converter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, we'll talk about Clinton bodyguards after a quick break. Welcome back, Grip Keepers. Tell us about some of the... You you can actually tell us about all the um, bodyguards. I could not find causes of death on some of these. All right.
1: I will list them fairly rapidly. Major William S. Barkley Jr., Captain Scott J. Reynolds, Sergeant Brian Hanley, Sergeant Tim Sable, Major General William Robertson, Colonel William Densberger, Colonel Robert Kelly. Special Operations or Sergeant Gary Rhodes, depending on which source we're looking at. Steve Willis, Robert Williams, Conway LeBlue, and Todd McKeon. That's 12 people? 12 bodyguards? Yeah,
0: sounds right. I mean, that seems like a lot to me. I, I've never looked up like how many bodyguards died for Reagan or anybody, but... That's a lot. The Russian publication Pravda has also published a list of people close to the Clintons who allegedly killed themselves, and the bodies keep piling up. Number 49. On November 8, 1992, Ian Spiro committed suicide. An international businessman and commodities broker, as well as government associate operative, Spiro was involved in collecting evidence from the Inslaw affair, which connected Bill Clinton and wife, Killery. He told friends he had been receiving numerous death threats, although when the bodies of his wife and five children were discovered by authorities in their home and Spiro's body dead of cyanide in his car, it was ruled a murder-suicide.
1: Who's next? Next is Jim Wilhite. Jim Wilhite, aged 54, of Shreveport, Louisiana, and a close friend and business associate of White House Chief of Staff and friend of President Clinton Mac McLarty suffered fatal head injuries when he hit a tree on Snowmass Mountain while skiing in Aspen. Will Hyde was vice chairman of Arcla Inc., a multi-state natural gas company spanning Arkansas and Louisiana. He was also chief executive officer of Entex, a Houston-based subsidiary of Arcla.
0: Number 51 January 93 Ed Coley former Clinton Arkansas cam- campaign manager dies I did not I did not see a cause of death on this
1: guy so I'm assuming that it was ruled natural causes Okay on May 19th of 1993 John Wilson committed suicide A Washington DC council chairman and civil rights activist Wilson was claimed to be involved in the Whitewater scandal which focused on questionable land deals and money laundering tied to the Clintons. There is speculation Wilson was prepared to testify in regard to these matters when he instead hanged himself in the basement of his home. He left no note.
0: Uh, Number 53, March 1994. Dr. Donald Rogers, family dentist of the Clintons, is killed in a plane crash. Ruled an accident. All right, tell us about 54. Another great name. There's There's just, this list is filled with like, Cool names that would be great for like a novel or something. <laughs> they
1: are kind of cool names. Oh my god. Kim met somebody with probably the best last name I've ever heard. Titsworth. Titsworth? Titsworth. Get you titsworth It was like you would you would take that last name, wouldn't you? And I was like, Oh yeah. If your name was Titsworth, I would have taken your last name, like no question about it. All right. Number fifty four Yes, Uh, on July 28th, 1994, Calvin Walraven committed suicide. Walraven was a police informant who had testified in a trial for the sale of cocaine by the son of Clinton Surgeon General Joycelyn Elders. The cause was a gunshot wound to the head. And it's
0: interesting to me, too, that, you know, this guy, son of the Attorney General, or Surgeon General, sorry, was selling drugs. Like, do you like? I I mean, I would have to think it would be a higher end operation because, you know, if your mom is a surgeon general, you know, raking in whatever kind of money she's raking in, I can't imagine that your family, you know, is starving. Anyway, uh, number 55 on May 16th, 1996, Jeremy Michael Bourda committed suicide. Naval Admiral during the Clinton administration, he flew numerous combat missions during the Vietnam conflict and was awarded several medals of distinction, some reclassified later in his career, which I think is, I don't know, like if you get a Purple Heart and then later, you know, 20 years down the road, they're like, well, maybe we wanted to give you this instead. That's kind of bullshit to me, but. When questioned over authority to wear them, he responded there was no intent at deception and he would desist. Yet, he apparently killed himself over the matter only weeks later. Detractors believe the Admiral, in fact, refused to transport Chinese and other foreign troops on U.S. ships for, quote, training on American shores and became a liability. We'll talk dead activists in a moment. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Alright, let's talk some dead activists, Ryan.
1: The following five cases are all anti-Clinton activists, which is amazing that that's a thing, that have been murdered or died in mysterious circumstances over just one month in 2016. On August 2nd of 2016, Sean Lucas allegedly committed suicide. He was the man who served a legal complaint, a nationwide class action suit for fraud, Against the Democratic National Committee, later proved to have conspired against Bernie Sanders in the Democratic primary election, and chairwoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz, his girlfriend found his body on the bathroom floor. On August 1st of 2016, Victor Thorne committed suicide. He was the author of a trilogy on supposed nefarious dealings by both Clintons and a writer for alternative media website the American Free Press. The cause was a gunshot wound to the head. Seth Rich, the D.C. staffer, murdered and robbed of nothing on July 10th. Wikileaks founder Assange claims he had info on the DNC email scandal. According to the leaked emails just before Seth Rich was murdered, the infamous John Podesta, President Bill Clinton's chief of staff and President Barack Obama's counselor, wrote, I'm definitely for making an example of a suspected leaker whether or not we have any basis for it. Later in the email chain, Joel Benenson Said, I think we have to make examples now of people who have violated the trust of HRC and the rest of the team. So HRC being Hillary? Yeah. Is that what we're supposed to take from his email chain? Because I can't think of anything else. Robbie Mook. Mook. Man, there's you're right. There are some odd names here. Like Benenson sounds like you stuttered in the middle of it. <laughs> and Mook. Isn't Mook what you would call like a... It's like a derogatory name for an Italian. Oh, I thought it was, like, like for a dummy, like an idiot. I feel like I've seen that in mob movies. Like, I hey, Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Robbie Mook also replied to Podesta's message, throwing his weight behind the bloodthirsty campaign manager, saying, I would love an example being made. Rich, 27, was shot multiple times, including twice in the back. His mother, Mary Rich, told the local NBC station that her son was found with bruises on his face, knees, and hands, signs that he fought for his life. John Ash, the former president of the U.N. General Assembly, was allegedly being set to testify against Clinton in a corruption case. The official reports indicated he died of a heart attack. The problem, however, is that police on the scene reported he died when his throat was crushed during a workout accident. The New York Post's Page Six reported that after Ash was found dead Wednesday, the U.N. claimed that he had died from a heart attack. Local police officers in Dobbs Ferry, New York, later disputed that claim, saying instead that he died from a workout accident that crushed his throat. So, you know, assuming dropping like the barbell on yourself.
0: Well, I mean, it basically, if it's crushing your throat, it's it's a bench press that went bad. Yeah.
1: Adding to the mysterious nature of Ash's death was the fact that he had been slated to be in court Monday with his Chinese businessman co-defendant whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, from whom he reportedly received over $1 billion in donations during his term as president of the UN General Assembly. And then there was this. During the presidency of Bill Clinton, Sang, the last name of the co-defendant, mm-hmm. illegally funneled several hundred thousand dollars to the Democrat National Committee. A lot of smoke. Yeah, there's still a lot of these. All right. Joe Montano, an aide to Hillary's running mate Tim Kaine, died of a heart attack on July 25th, immediately after the WikiLeaks announcement was made. He had worked for the DNC and was only 47. All right, jumping back into this list
0: at number 61 is Molly McCauley, one of the few economists specializing in satellites and the space program generally, and she was stabbed to death by a mysterious assailant, July 8th, while walking her dogs near her home in Baltimore, Maryland. She was 59. Now, we like to present both sides, and Baltimore, what the fuck, man? You need to get your murder rate in check. Now, while she was linked to the Clintons, Baltimore is a horrible place to live, dude. I, I read like, what's the violent crime right there? You can look that up quick. I know it, you can. You've got those magic fingers. It's
1: really high. Uh, 11,101 violent crimes uh, per year. That's a lot. For what year was it? For two, 2019. And that's a City with a population of a little over, well, about 600,000. Not very big. Not huge, yeah. Uh...
0: Now, there's a lot more on that eastern seaboard. You know, there's a bunch of big cities that are real close to each other, but yeah, so there's a lot of violence in Baltimore. Maybe if she had
1: the legal ability to carry a firearm, who knows? I feel a little conspicuous calling out violent crime as somebody in St. Louis. That's absolutely true, too. Although in St. Louis, the vast majority of the crime is like down to a couple neighborhoods, really.
0: Yeah, well, they're also, you know, turning everybody loose. So the crime rate (laughs) is going to dip a little bit when nobody gets prosecuted. So there's that. But anyway, just wanted to point that out. Yes, it's kind of an odd thing that she was just stabbed to death. You know, as far as I know, she wasn't robbed, nothing was taken or anything like that. She was just murdered for the sake of murder. So it does happen. Baltimore's a scary city, but I don't know. Who's next?
1: In his final interview, American chef Anthony Bourdain speaks about the Clintons and how the Monica Lewinsky scandal was handled. He had also tweeted about experiencing Hillary Clinton's wrath for speaking out about such topics. And I am in no way an HRC fan. I've been on the receiving end of her operative's wrath and it ain't fun. And that's a tweet from Anthony Bourdain from May 2nd of 2018. He claims that Bill Clinton was entitled, rapey, gropey, grabby, and disgusting. And Bourdain even expressed that he has little respect for Barack Obama. Anthony Bourdain allegedly took his own life by hanging. He had other powerful enemies as well, such as Harvey Weinstein, but Weinstein is also strongly connected to the Clintons. Just as an example, Weinstein paid for Bill Clinton's legal fees during his sex abuse scandal. Does that seem
0: on the up and up? I mean, like, it's insane to me that you can just be like, oh, well, you're a very influential person. I'm going to pay for all your legal fees. I mean, what, want something back for it? No, no, I just, you know, I, I feel bad
1: Good for Samaritan. you.
0: That's uh, yeah. not what,
1: what your country can do for you, right?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of speculation about, uh, what was it? He was with uh, Asia Argento, right? The uh, heir to the. Whoever made uh, I Spit on Your Grave and a bunch of, like, Italian horror movies like that that were real popular. He was, like, Mm -hmm. dating I think it's Argento. Okay. And there was a lot of uh, back and forth. Like, it was a weird relationship between those two. But in any case, let's move on. Number 63. July 2018. Investigative journalist Jen Moore was found dead in a suburban D.C. hotel room. Moore, an advocate who investigated abused and trafficked children, had been in the process of investigating allegations by a 26-year-old man that as a young boy, claimed he was sexually assaulted by Bill Clinton and pimped out at private sex parties attended by other DC elites. Moore was interviewed about the Clinton case by a YouTube and radio journalist Farmer Jones. 1 month later, Moore was dead her body found by employees at the Country Inn and Suites by Radisson in Washington, D.C., east in Capitol Heights, Maryland. Just four weeks before her death, Moore filed details of the alleged victim's claims with the Department of Homeland Security detailing the allegations against Clinton. It is pretty scary to think that just Making an allegation will get you murdered. Yeah. As a reporter, as a hitman, as a drug dealer, as a drug smuggling airline pilot, as a senator. These are big people. I mean, the next one, let's just jump into the next one because this is one of the craziest ones of all.
1: 60 folks. The mainstream media silence over Klaus Eberwine's death is deafening. Eberwine was a former Haitian government official who is expected to expose the extent of Clinton Foundation corruption and malpractice. He was found dead in Miami at the age of 50. The circumstances surrounding Eberwine's death are also nothing less than unpalatable. According to Miami-Dade's medical examiner records supervisor, the official cause of death is gunshot to the head. Eberwine's death has been registered as suicide by the government, but not long before his death, he acknowledged that his life was in danger because he was outspoken on the criminal activities of the Clinton Foundation. Eberwine was a fierce critic of the Clinton Foundation's activities in the Caribbean island, where he served as director general of the government's Economic Development Agency for three years. The Clinton Foundation, they are criminals, they are thieves, they are liars, they are a disgrace, Eberwine said at a protest outside the Clinton Foundation headquarters in Manhattan in 2018. Eberwine was due to appear on Tuesday before the Haitian Senate Ethics and Anti-Corruption Commission, where he was widely expected to testify that the Clinton Foundation misappropriated Haiti earthquake donations from international donors. But this suicide gets even more disturbing. Eberwine was only 50 years old and reportedly told acquaintances he feared for his life because of his fierce criticism of the Clinton Foundation.
0: So, I mean, in some cases, it's almost like they're not even hiding it. You know, it's like you come out against us, you die. Obviously, Mm -hmm. nothing's going to happen to us, so you're just going to die. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's like real life mafia walking around. Yep. Number 65, Peter W. Smith, a longtime Republican operative from Chicago's North Shore who was at the center of a confusing Wall Street Journal story involving shadowy Russian hackers and Hillary Clinton's 30,000 missing emails. Committed suicide, according to the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Smith, who was 81 years old, a former private equity executive and longtime political operative allegedly killed himself in a Minnesota hotel room days after telling his story to a reporter from the Wall Street Journal, according to the Chicago Tribune. But there's too many strange circumstances surrounding Smith's death, and it's the second one in a matter of months that the mainstream media remained silent about. A Wall Street analyst who spoke to Peter Smith the day before he reportedly committed suicide told the Daily Caller News Foundation there were no indications the Chicago businessman and anti-Clinton political investigator was about to take his life. I, I guess one thing that we should point out too, like if we're talking mostly about a reporter, then odds are they're probably not like in deep with a bunch of bad stuff. Odds are. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But a lot of these people that are on this list, and I'm not saying Smith in particular, but there's a lot of shady people on this list too. It's not that the Clintons are just going out and, you know, knocking off everybody who's squeaky clean. There's a lot of
1: uh, devils in these details. Tell us more. Dr. Dean Lorick. A well-known surgeon who exposed major inadequacies in medical trauma care promised to the Haitian people by the Clinton Foundation after the nonprofit raised over $30 million in donations following the devastating 2010 earthquake was found dead in his upscale apartment with a stab wound to the chest. Dr. Lorick, aged 54, was found lying dead on the bathroom floor of his apartment by his 11-year-old daughter with a knife sticking out of his chest. It was also ruled a suicide. The predominant surgeon gained notoriety after operating on U2's frontman Bono, but had also worked overseas in Haiti, where he discovered an almost non-existent medical effort backed by the Clinton Foundation. In fact, in January of 2010, Dr. Lorick sent a detailed email to a confidant, which ended up getting forwarded to Cheryl Mills, who was Counselor and Chief of Staff to Secretary of State Hillary Clinton at the time, before being forwarded on again to the Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. The doctor's correspondence provided by WikiLeaks was critical of how the situation in Haiti was being handled. That's a lot of titles. It's a lot of titles, but let me ask you something. Who
0: out of anybody, any profession in the world would know the quickest, most painless, easiest to clean up suicide possible? Could it be a surgeon? Probably.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's like, "Yeah, I'm just going to stab myself right in the chest and be here where my daughter can find me. Yeah. I mean, if if this happened, I think this guy is probably overdosing on like sleeping pills or something like that or going somewhere. Most people don't pick violent, horrific ends that may not even kill them. I mean, It would be really hard to hold a knife in front of yourself and stab yourself through your cartilage and bone to get to your heart. I mean, it's well protected. And he would know how to, you know, force a knife in there, I'm sure. But is that how we would think it would end?
1: I certainly wouldn't. Yeah.
0: All right. 67 Former Arkansas state senator, Linda Collins-Smith, was found mysteriously murdered inside her home. Considering she was a GOP state senator in the state where Bill and Hillary used to run wild, there's instantly cause for suspicion. Now we've learned that, according to reports, Collins Smith may very well have been close to closing in on a child trafficking ring within the Arkansas state government, which would connect her death to the Clinton body count there's a senator
1: that's crazy mm. who's next according to a CBS insider Georgia Senator Nancy Schaefer was murdered because quote she had hard evidence of senators and a certain person being on a plane removing American children out they left on a certain date she had recorded them coming back and the plane was not did not return with all American children That is what got Nancy Schaefer killed. That is the last thing she recorded. And someone up in high power was on that plane. And that turns into the Linda Collins Smith testifying and those connections are all there. End quote. So that's grammatically confusing a little bit, Mm -hmm. but...
0: Sounds like they were under a lot of stress when they were making that statement.
1: Yeah, they're basically trafficking children is what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in this recording, the insider emphasized that we need to look at Schaefer's death and the Clinton Foundation. Not long before she was murdered, Senator Nancy Schaefer put Bill Clinton in the middle of a scandal in which the CPS basically kidnapped children from their homes in order to put them up for adoption and receive money from the government, a directive that was set in motion by President Bill Clinton. Slick (laughs) Willie, Teflon bill. Mm -hmm. The Adoption and the Safe Families Act set in motion by President Bill Clinton offered cash bonuses to states for every child they adopted out of foster care. In order to receive the adoption incentive bonuses, local child protective services need more children. They must have merchandise, children, that sell. and You must have plenty of them so the buyer can choose. Some countries are known to give a $4,000 bonus for each child adopted and an additional $2,000 for a special needs child employees work to keep the federal dollars flowing. This also gave birth to a widespread phenomenon known as medical kidnapping, as well as a modern day genocide against the native American children, which are being removed, kidnapped from their homes in unprecedented numbers. So a lot of that was a quote about this whole situation
0: ring. (laughs) Well, here's the thing now If I'm a senator, congressman, whatever, and I hear, hey, we have this act where there will be an incentive to adopt children. That sounds like a good thing, right? But what do you talk about when things get incentivized? That,
1: yeah, that people will twist those incentives and find a way to maximize it. Mm -hmm. It's so
0: hard to remove a child from their house. It really is. I mean, I've you know we've covered cases where there's just extreme neglect and stuff and they don't get taken out but boy once you uh, you start offering bonuses for each kid adopted then all of a sudden these kids are getting taken out of their homes and there's witnesses that claim that they literally saw Haitian children being kidnapped on the clinton's flight and was like running out onto the runway to try and like stop the plane to get those children back they were taken and that should scare everybody all right let's talk about bill clinton's alleged rape victims after a word from our sponsor Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Number 69. Maltese investigative journalist Daphne Corona-Galizia, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'm doing my best, who was (laughs) described as a one-woman WikiLeaks after she led the Panama Papers investigation, was killed in 2017 in a car bomb near her home. The Panama Papers had a direct effect on the United States by revealing both elite and criminal donors who helped to finance the careers of Hillary and Bill Clinton through unethical offshore tax shelters. So,
1: can't have her around. Alright, tell us about number 70. Sabrina Bittencourt, an activist who exposed Bill Clinton's faith healer, John of God, as a child rapist and running a sex slave farm. Bittencourt was found dead just days after making these claims. Largely, the media is silent over her alleged suicide in her own home. Sabrina Bittencourt, age thirty-eight, died at her home in Barcelona just days after accusing John of God of (real name). Nope, not even going to say that. It's Zhao Teixeira Defario. Awesome. Well, let's just leave this in like that because I'm not going to try to say that. Yeah. Okay. Of running a sex slave farm. She claimed young girls were held captive in a farming operation which exported babies on the black market. Mm-hmm. The women would be murdered after having babies in the alleged scheme run by the 77-year-old celebrity faith healer who was arrested after hundreds of women accused him of abuse, she said. "Miss Bittencourt left Brazil and was forced to live under protection after receiving death threats. Her eldest son, Gabriel Baum, confirmed her death, writing on Facebook, She took the last step so that we could live. They killed my mother. Ms. Biddencourt had received reports of children being sold for between 15 and 40,000 pounds in Europe, Australia, and the United States, she said. Yep.
0: Can't even make an accusation. I mean, this guy, uh, John of God, is garbage. And Clinton, instead of just, you know, cutting loose, maybe this John of God knows a little bit too much, was like, oh, no, 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 that's my boy. That's my boy, John of God. He's giving us kids. So, uh, Ms. Bentoncourt. Court. All right. 71, Gareth Williams, August 16th, 2010. Williams, a transatlantic MI6 spy, was found naked, padlocked, and stuffed into a 32 by 19 inch duffel bag in his London bathtub. According to the UK Sun, he had illegally hacked secret data on Bill Clinton. Scotland Yard called the death as a suicide, saying Williams locked himself in the bag. We're talking about a grown man, and I have seen pictures of him. I don't have an idea on necessarily his height and weight, but let's just say he's average, 5'7", 150 pounds. You know how hard it would be to fit yourself in a bag that's 32 by 19. I mean it it almost seems impossible and it seems like there would have to be some disarticulation
1: to make that happen. Yeah, definitely. I mean this is the size of a bag that I used to use for like hauling around baseballs and bats and stuff like that.
0: Right. I mean this is almost carry-on, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So Yeah, it's now I don't. Maybe this guy was a magician on the side and we didn't know about it, but I don't know, man. There's some weird stuff going on here. These are some creative murders, but I don't think that's a suicide. creative
1: suicides, please. (laughs) Yeah, sure. All right. Who's next? Charles Ruff. Charles Ruff, a Clinton attorney during Bill's Lewinsky scandal and impeachment trial, reportedly died after an accident at his Washington, D.C. home. One report said he was found unconscious outside a shower. Other reports said he had a heart attack. This was in 2000.
0: Yeah, and he was an old dude. So, I mean, it's possible. You know, it's not like he was 45 or something.
1: Mm. And
0: 45-year-olds can have heart attacks too. But it's, I don't know, just a lot of people, man. Carlos Gigliotti. April 28, 2000, Gigliotti was a thermal imaging expert hired by Congress to analyze surveillance footage from the FBI's 1993 raid on the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas, which may end up being an episode of cryptique at some point. He was found dead in his Maryland home, his badly decomposed body sitting at his desk. His friend, attorney David T. Hardy, is quoted as saying, quote, "...I think he may have known too much." Carlos told me he had discovered things that were much, much worse than anything that had come out yet. End quote. How do you get information out if everybody that tries to get information out dies? Yeah. Because people aren't going to pick that up and be like, Oh yeah, I want to totally report on that too. Now, I really don't think that Billary cares about cryptique and I'm not really worried that I'm going to get suicided, but these people that have these huge audiences, you know, ears everywhere. If they say something, they die. Hmm. Tell us about 74.
1: Charles Wilborn Miller, November 17th, 1999. Miller was the VP of Altel, the company that created the Clinton white house's big brother data tracking system. He was found dead of a gunshot wound to the head in a shallow pit about 300 yards from his ranch house near Little Rock, Arkansas.
0: And we don't have a whole lot of information about that. Could it be? Because there's not much information available. You know, I'm not a medical examiner. I'm not a coroner. But I know a duck when I see one. Number 75, Corporal Eric S. Fox, March 22, 1999. Fox was a Marine One helicopter crewman during the Clinton administration. He was found shot in the head and his death was declared a suicide. So there are things that people see and things that they take part in that they cannot live with themselves over. And there's always the possibility that some of these people, you know, and I'm not saying this guy in particular, of course, but some of these people just really couldn't live with themselves anymore.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I'm kind of saving some of these thoughts till the end. Sure. All right, let's go with 76. All right, Eric Butera, December 4th, 1997. Eric Butera was an informant who had information about the murder of Mary Mahoney, a White House intern who was also found dead. Butera was asked to help police with an undercover drug buy during which he was beaten to death. So... Here's the thing, I would totally
0: buy this, drug buy gone bad, Mm -hmm. gone wrong, he was shot and the people fled, but if it's an undercover drug buy and you're the cops, how do you let somebody get beat to death in front of you? You know what I mean? That's a lot different than, boom, gunshot, we knew you were a cop. You know, or something along those lines. It's like, they're like, okay, yeah, it was him. Go ahead, beat him to death. And then we wash our hands of everything. Yeah. Or as we say in Missouri, we wash our hands of everything. Yeah. Wash. Yeah. Number 77 on our list, John Hillier. November 29th, nineteen 1996. NBC cameraman John Hillier was investigating a drug smuggling operation in Mena, Arkansas while Clinton was governor and worked on the Clinton expose videos Circle of Power and the Clinton Chronicles. Hillier's filmmaking partners said that once they started interviewing people in Arkansas, they discovered the criminality and intrigue were far worse than they had imagined. And from what I've heard on other podcasts about the boys on the tracks, which will be our after hours... Everybody in Arkansas knows this, like, this is not something like if you say, Hey, have you heard about, you know, the alleged Clinton suicides? They'll be like, of course, that's been going on since he was attorney general in what? 87, 85, something like that. Anyway, um, he said that they were followed on a regular basis when they temporarily moved in with some other journalists interested in exposing the Clintons. They discovered eight bugs in the house. You know, we always see people finding a bug like hidden in a lamp or something like that. That would be really freaky in real life if you found a listening device in your
1: house. I mean, I agree, but we all have listening devices in our houses
0: If you find that you're being specifically targeted and you're into some deep shit, it's scary. Not that I would know, but... Anyway, they reported that someone tried to break in one night and recognized the man as one of Governor Clinton's security staff. During the filming, two of their sources were found dead before they could be interviewed. Hilliard called his partner in 96 to say he had uncovered new information on Clinton, but they had to meet in person because he was scared. He died of a heart attack three days later. A lot of smoke. Some of these are, you know, like uh, Kevin Bacon acquaintances. You know what I mean? Like, there's some that I can admit, like, okay, well, this is like, you know, two degrees of separation. And, And I'm sure they, you know, planned it that way as much as possible. But there's some when it's like, hey, I've got video on something horrible that the Clintons did. And then you just shoot yourself in the back of the head, you know, the next day. We can't overlook it anymore, Ryan. Open your eyes. We can't close our eyes anymore. We have to awake. Who's number 78?
1: Am I reading this right? Are we looking at Muammar Gaddafi? Muammar Gaddafi? You are correct, sir. Gaddafi, loved by his people, wanted to get off the petrol dollar and back to gold backing. Murdered by U.S. soldiers sent to assassinate him over this. His citizens had free college anywhere in the world, got gifts from the government to get married, start a business, buy a house, etc.
0: What an awful dictator. He must be stopped. And this is coming from a couple people I know that are from Libya. And according to them, and this is just a couple people, But it's people that actually lived there during his rule, loved him, loved him. And what I'm talking about here, when I say free college, if you get accepted into any college in the world and you are a Libyan resident, Gaddafi would pay for you to go to college, not to have you pay him back, but just so he had educated people that lived in his country. If... You got married. You got a gift. Here, congratulations on getting married. Here's another little gift if you want to, you know, put down some money on a house. Oh, you want to start a business? Here's some money to start a business. These are gifts. These aren't things that he's, like, you know, getting 30% return on or something like that. And every citizen got a little piece of every barrel of oil that was shipped out. So, You can say what you want about this guy, but he was murdered because he wanted to get off the petrol dollar and we cannot have that. So have you heard about anybody else wanting to get off the petrol dollar since then?
1: Not that I can think of. (laughs) Me. I mean I would like to go back to a gold backing thing, but you better watch it. (laughs) You're gonna be you're gonna be number uh, eighty.
0: Yeah And everybody's favorite number 79: Jeffrey Epstein. So his suicide occurred the day after 2,000 previously sealed court documents involving the Jeffrey Epstein child sex abuse case were released to the public. These documents described how Bill Clinton held a private party on Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile Island. Bill Clinton made at least 27 trips on Jeffrey Epstein's private plane. So what's uh, that's uh, 13 round trippers and one you'll just swim back, I guess? I don't know. (laughs) Most of those flights were allegedly with underage girls. Hillary Clinton's name was also present in Epstein's black book six times. Despite a previous attempt on his life just three weeks prior, the prison guard skipped the 30-minute required checks on Epstein's cell because... Why would the most famous inmate in the world ever do anything to hurt himself? Mm-hmm. But early in the morning, they allegedly found him dead. Jeffrey Epstein is the latest in a long list of Clinton family associates and acquaintances who died mysteriously or committed suicide before their public testimony. There's there's so much to get into with Epstein. mm mm-hmm. I don't, I I mean, I think we just kind of leave it at this. I I think most people know everything that, you know, they're, they really need to know about him, at least for this episode, but you never know. It might
1: be a future episode, but tell us about the other piece of the puzzle. Over the years, there was one ex-Clinton insider that helped put together the Clinton Chronicles and expose many of the deepest secrets of the Clinton crime family. His name is Larry Nichols. And after learning that he suffers from cancer, he decided to make one last, very powerful confession. He admitted that he was a hitman for the Clintons. They sent me overseas to kill people for them and told me it was for the good of the country. So when they asked me to do it for them in the States, I felt no different. The real truth is, I did it for the money and I didn't give a shit about the women I beat and the men I murdered. The Clintons are bad people and I did bad things for them. I had to live with that all these years and now I just don't care anymore who knows it. Larry maintains the Clintons, this is a quote, (laughs) by the way. Larry maintains the Clintons were into so many illegal activities at the time, they had to have a team of mercenaries made up of friends and state troopers to cover it all up and keep them protected from the public finding out.
0: So let's break this down in its simplest form. Let's compare this to Bigfoot,
1: because you know I got to do that. Of course, it was inevitable. I mean, as anything, you go out to dinner, you're like, this steak, let me compare it to Bigfoot.
0: <laughs> That's true. You know it's me so online. well. Bottle of wine.
1: Let me compare it to Bigfoot.
0: Hmm. It seems that there's Bigfootery about. Um. <laughs> no, but we talk, okay, say there's 10,000 eyewitness sightings, right? How many of those have to be 100% real, legit sightings for Bigfoot to be real? One. It's pretty simple. It's just one. If any of these people on this list were oft, murdered, suicided, plane crashed, thrown off of buildings, anything like that, if one of them is true, then these people are guilty of murder. All it takes is one. Right? Yeah. So... You said you had some final
1: thoughts. Let's hear them. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, as we're talking about all these, I'm thinking about what you said. Like, when you're tied up in a lot of this stuff and you're a powerful person, you tend to have powerful enemies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in particular, uh, Gareth Williams, the MI6 spy. Mm -hmm. Like, out of all the stuff that he was into, are we sure that's the thing? Sure. Sure. Because pro, I mean, just saying, if you've got enemies, if you're a spy, like something else could have happened. It doesn't and, Man, I would think somebody I think people who are used to the press and the way that the Clintons would be would not stuff him into a duffel bag and try to get that declared a suicide.
0: If someone tells you to set up a suicide, a fake suicide, and are you going to shoot somebody in the chest twice in the face once and be like, oh, it was a suicide? Mm-hmm. There's so many ridiculous ways to die in here that it doesn't surprise me at all.
1: Yeah.
0: and book no, you're right on the foundation level, though. If you yeah. strictly, if you throw everything out and say this guy was a spy, it could have been a thousand different people, I'm in. I gotcha.
1: Yeah, I mean, all these people were pretty, I mean, for the most part, were pretty high level or were in... Sort of the business of exposing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So they would have been targets for multiple people. But that comes back to what you said. It doesn't take, like, all of these don't have to be true. Right. And probably the most compelling thing is Larry Nichols saying that he was the one who did this stuff for them. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, like, is anybody surprised by it? I mean, even in um, House of Cards. Like, there was stuff like this happening in that show. Like, I I think everybody who watched it was like, yeah, of course. Of course this is what happens. Or...
0: How about the blacklist?
1: Yeah, or being wealthy and having a hitman. It's like, even the, what, third season of You started off that way? Like, the... Uh, I don't know if you watched that. No, I haven't seen it. But yeah, the third season of that show starts off with a hitman hired by a rich family. And there's, like, no real surprise to it. You know, everybody knew that this guy was coming. It's just weird for that guy to be like, yeah, everything you thought was happening, it's happening.
0: Yeah. It's not a matter of am I surprised. I'm not surprised in the least. I think that this is the tip of the iceberg. And I'm I'm not saying that there's a thousand more deaths they're responsible for, but I'm not saying there's not. But these two are into everything. There's some people, right? Um, I don't know, like a, like we talked about mafia people, right? Okay, well, maybe they rip off Walmart for a, a truckload of cigarettes and, you know, sell them in their neighborhood. Maybe they do that. Maybe they don't allow drug dealing in their neighborhood. Maybe they, you know, handle gambling or, or whatever. But, you rarely see people that are like selling kids. Boom. We got that dog. We got planes going to Haiti and bringing kids back. You don't see sex trafficking, international sex trafficking. You don't see cocaine and drug. Maybe it's just that they're so bad at it that the other people are not getting, you know, so readily caught and identified because if, if, these people are identifying the Clintons and they're getting offed and people are still coming out? What's that say? What's that say about no one coming out and saying, well, uh, you know, Donald Trump was running drugs in Mexico in, you know, 82 or, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing with it. I mean, it it's totally possible, you know, a lot of these people, like you said, the Marine One pilot military guy who knows what Mm -hmm. he's seen and what he's been through and what that can do to you
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or these journalists that are trying to expose them are probably working on a hundred other stories or the spy you know he's doing other things you know the guy who was a political operative for so long maybe he just finally got to a point where he couldn't take it anymore but yeah a lot of them are super suspicious and i've not heard stories of like i mean nobody's talking about like the obama suicides or the trump suicides
0: right Right. There's a great meme that says Trump hates the press and has zero accusers that have committed suicide.
1: Yeah. 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 It's like I've, I've, I even searched it to mm-hmm. see if it's like a thing that people are talking about or making memes about or whatever. And it's like, it's pretty uniquely a Clinton thing. And it mm-hmm. could be, I mean, it's just like uh, the Epstein thing. I don't know exactly like what Epstein did. Mm hmm. As far as like what his like real business was, like what, yeah, well, how did he know these people? Mm-hmm. You know, did I mean you don't just hang out a sign and say like, "Hey, you want a party? I got some kids," right? right. That or I have a private island or whatever. But it's like if maybe if you're political, you're trying to get dirt on people. So it could, I mean, it could totally be that the Clintons are involved in a lot of really slimy things because they're trying to get dirt on other people who are involved in really slimy things and it's kind of a mutually assured destruction sort of deal but I believe in that for, sure. for I mean, sure it could be that they're not you know in it to be like yes we want to be a criminal empire but they're like we want to have our fingers in as many pies as possible so we know what everybody's up to
0: Well, it, but also with these journalists we're, ta- we're not talking about Like, oh, they worked on this story. It's, they're about to release this dossier, Mm. dead. Oh, they're going to uh, testify for the grand jury, dead. Now, if we're having trouble believing that these are all associated with the Clintons, do you think that the other people that are in these stories of these journalists are like, oh, she's about to testify against the Clintons, boom, we can kill her now, and it will look like they did it. I mean, you have to believe that (laughs) if you believe that the timing is, has anything to do with it and you believe that it wasn't the Clintons, you have to believe that other targets of these investigative journalists decided to suicide somebody at this time because they would believe that the Clintons would be blamed for it. Is it possible? Yeah. Anything's possible, right? Pretty much. I guess you you want to tell them what they need to know I guess it's the need to know time
1: yeah I guess that's all we're at. yeah if you guys want to do something to support us we'd really appreciate it if you would like, subscribe comment, rate, whatever it is you can do or share this or you know share this in addition to doing those other things that really helps us out, helps us spread and if you want to get in touch with us you can do so at at gmail.com. Check out Bearbox at the link in the show notes, and we will see you on Thursday for the After Hours.
0: And we're going to talk about the boys on the tracks in the After Hours episode. This is involving the MENA Airport drug drop-off deliveries that took place in the late 80s in Arkansas, and we'll get kind of deep into that. It's an, an insane story. And this is at least the genesis of the Clinton body count that we know of. Make sure you join us for that. That's all we've got for you on Cryptique. Good evening, Crypt Keepers.